Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in. Welcome to Leading Well, where we get to know leaders and how they make it happen. I'm your host, Tim Davis. And I'm his co-host, Alyssa. Yeah, let's welcome our guest today. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, what's your name again, sir? Scott Weigel. Yeah, Scott. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Um, you know, for the most part, our guests don't have... Uh, pre-written list of questions and so on so they just bravely come in here and uh, appreciate you uh, <laughs> coming in and sharing your life with us a little bit so if we just dive right in it maybe childhood or where'd you grow up what'd that look like yeah uh born and raised right here in salem uh so lifer went down to oregon state <laughs> but then right back here to salem raising my family so mm. uh very involved in the community over that time period so grew up went to saint joseph's and then blanchette when it had just been opened it was the second year not even a full school then uh, we always blanchette code is i still have a rug burn from the gym had a rug at that point because oh, yeah. it was actually a church <laughs> so i still have a rug burn to show the the authenticity of that but there you go um yeah, it's going well, and now my, my daughters are going to school here in town, too, and one's back at Blanchette, and so okay. it's coming full circle. That's yeah. awesome. Wow, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, what, do you, what do you do for work? I'm a financial advisor uh, mm-hmm. down at Donathan Sturdivant. We're in that Parkfront building. So I've been doing that line of work for 14 years now. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's the, that's the business. He doesn't old enough to be doing no, it for 14 years. No, he doesn't. Years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know you're super uh, connected and, uh, you know, in the community. Uh, you've been serving our community a lot. I know you've served on different boards, and I think you've switched your role maybe at, at Catholic Community Services. Yes. Know. So what roles have you served over there with them? Yeah, well, and to kind of tie it all together with your comment, thank you, I think, on not looking like 14 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 14 years ago, I had some kind of a 20-year-old crisis where I started into the business, got married the next month, and joined the CCS board the month after that. So <laughs> all, all three of the biggest things in my life are all connected back to the same summer 14 years ago. So wow. I'm not quite sure what I was going through then, but I just was changing <laughs> yeah. everything all at once. Yeah. So for you listeners, CCS is Catholic Community Services. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so I joined the board, uh, was a board member for roughly six years, and then they always need a treasurer on any board. If anybody goes out there, be prepared to be asked to be the treasurer. <laughs> short straw sometimes, yeah, yeah. but I enjoyed it, uh, my financial background. So I became the treasurer and did that for, I think it was four years. And then uh, a few people that I really trust and respect asked if I would be the chair. And sincerely, I thought they were crazy. I remember the moment, actually, I was at work, working on a computer, phone rang, it was Jim Seymour, and mm. uh, he floated the idea. And for some reason, it was really interesting. I don't recall any other time. I just stood up. I don't know why. But I was just staring at the wall. Wow. It just felt like a moment. Yeah. And uh, I think I said something to the effect of, well, that doesn't make sense. But <laughs> I appreciate the compliment in that. But I just didn't get, couldn't get my head around it. Uh, really neat how everything works, too, because I said yes to that. So I was the chair for four years. And uh, it, most of that time was during the COVID slowdown. Mm. So... Now, the pace of life post-COVID would be really difficult because I'm not the chair. Now I'm the treasurer again. The amount of time it took would be really difficult now. Mm. So it's not lost on me. I've had a lot of spirit nudges where that slid in right at a time period where I had this slowdown and was really able to give it more attention than I would be able to now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's not a, a little nonprofit. You know, you guys are one of the larger nonprofits around in this area yes. and, and do tons of amazing work. Um, maybe just 
how out of many 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 great things the organization does what's what's one highlight that you would throw out there that you guys are doing yeah i i can get a couple i mean so a a big one's affordable housing but maybe the more unique elements is so we took on the father taff homes a number of years Mm -hmm. ago father taff asked ccs to carry on his legacy and that expanded from being a couple homes to now we have apartment complexes where uh, a young teenage girl who's uh, facing having a baby and not a lot of support around her is able to come into one of our homes and then we bring the services around her and help her uh, have the baby and then can transition to one of our affordable homes after that. Mm. Uh, that's great program. And then we also have another one, um, uh, St. Joseph Shelter out in Mount Angel. Uh, oftentimes, and I apologize for technicality, this is my description of it, but if a family is facing being split up possibly because of homelessness or because of maybe addiction issues in the parents and DHS doesn't have a system for how to keep the family together Mm. while they're wrestling through that. We have homes where the family can come in and again, we wrap services around them to keep, sometimes reunite the parents with the kids, other times just be able to keep them together day one. Uh, So really everything CCS does and probably the reason I've stuck with them is it's all about helping the family stay together and helping them figure out how to be the best versions of themselves. Yeah, that's good. It's uh, the heritage of our country. It's the future of our country. It's uh, all that stuff at stake, you know. Um, Looking back, what's one of the first times you recognized yourself as a leader? So if I can have two answers. Sure. It kind of negates the first time, but you'll understand (laughs) better on why I say that. When I hear it, I remember uh, visual, or the visual I get is, the hospitality upstairs in West Salem Roths. Okay, yeah. When I first started into the business, I was trying to open my own office and recruit my own team here in Salem, so I didn't actually have an office. Mm. So I would work out of coffee shops, and we would do a weekly meeting, but I needed a large enough table to have the group around. So I'd go buy a soda, because I felt like buying something from Roths, and then we would go hold a meeting up at this table, and just everyone around that table looking at me like, what are we going to do? Right. The reason I need a second answer is I was so new and there was so much swirling around. I could talk for a half hour probably just about that, but I don't know how well I did as a leader. Mm. I feel that they were looking at me as one, but mm-hmm. there was so much introspective work and so much growth mm-hmm. I had to have. Yeah. Uh, it was a, kind of a heaviness for me on that. When I think back, I'd love to do so many different things with it. The next part of where I felt about my ability to lead, I felt confident in that part, was actually what we already talked about with CCS. Right. Um, working through as the chair, it, yeah. it just it, it gained momentum. And uh, part of the leadership part I learned, and I've shared this before, probably good for your listeners, is uh, I, I, I received compliments about being organized, but really it was less me being organized. And we had really good staff that I mm-hmm. could delegate to and remind and I may show up appearing like I had done a bunch of work in the middle, <laughs> right. but in actuality they had, and it just teed me up. Right. So they did a really good job off of that, but it was also learning that it was okay for me to hand some of that off, and that's what actually made it uh, more doable, and I think what we were able to get done during that time. Yeah, that's good. I've, I've mentioned this maybe before, but uh, there's uh, Craig Groeschel is a leadership guy that I, I follow, and I was at a conference probably five years ago, and, and uh, you, know, you take a page and a half of notes for a weekend, and then he says, uh, you can have growth or you can have control, but you can't have both. Mm. And I'm like, true. oh, because I'm a little more of a like-it-done-my-way kind of guy, you know? And so, <laughs> But I began to delegate a lot better, you know, uh, for that, which is another way of what you're saying. So let attract the right people and they'll do great work yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah 
And you sound you sound passionate about what, the work you do, the work you do with CCS, and I'm sure you're passionate about a lot of things because I feel like I'm getting that vibe from you. What is the first thing you remember being passionate about? I think it would be soccer. Through my younger years, all the way up until that 14 years ago where I locked on to the three things that are still important to me today. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I didn't have a lot of consistency in a lot of areas. I remember distinctly mm-hmm. my dad repeatedly saying, you know, I hope you just really find something that you can get passionate about and lock onto. And so I would just jump around between sure. hobbies or whatever. But soccer was that thing. I'd somewhere around age 10 to 18, yeah. um, soccer was pretty consistent. And again, just benefit of hindsight is I wish I would have put even more into mm. it. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, now you've got kids. And, and uh, I think our role is to just add some kindling to let them experience different things. And they'll gravitate to what they're good at and what they're passionate about over time. Yes. Know? Yeah. My youngest uh, came home a couple weeks ago and said, I want to play soccer. And my other two were never interested in it. Oh, so yeah, I was really so excited. Like, okay. And it happened to be her birthday coming up. So I bought her a soccer ball and a little collapsible goal for the backyard. Okay. And yeah. uh, we didn't open her presents till the evening on her birthday. But me and her were outside in the dark, 730. <laughs> and it was just heaven. It was That's so cool. Awesome. That's awesome. Playing soccer with her. That's cool. Yeah. Um, in your industry, coming from what you thought it was going to be to what you're doing now, what's like a surprise, you know, about it? Oh, I'd, yeah, that one's really easy for me. So I, I came, so I, uh, as a financial advisor, I went to Oregon State, business degree, finance specific focus, economics minor. So I learned all the technicalities of that world. So then when I went into this industry, that's what I figured everybody wanted because that's how my mm. mind thought. Oh, right. And I feel so bad for my early meetings. If any of you are listening, I apologize. I would cover their kitchen table in paper. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was almost like a goal in my head. There cannot be any exposed wood surface on your table. I'm putting paper (laughs) on all of this. You're going to learn how to do Excel by the end of this. But it came from a good place. It came from that's what I needed to believe in what I was doing. Yeah. Mm. So that's what I figured they would need. Mm. And uh, lo and behold, a lot of people didn't say yes. And in some case, I mean, it's it's hard to never take no as uh, not to not take it personal rejection. I think it was just too difficult for them to make a decision. It was yep. less of a no to me and more of a, I don't understand. And that's really transitioned now to it's, I, full, I understand it's so much more relational. Yeah, and it's trust. I mean, I'm, I'm me. paying you to think about those things yes. <laughs> that I'm not capable of, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've overthought about this like a lot of things, and a benefit, though, of going through that season is any industry, so not just my own or any, but in any industry, there are definitely people who may be able to go straight to the relational part and not maybe understand the mechanics as well. Mm. So having gone through that time period, though, I still see the value in that now. It may have caused, it did cause a slower start. Um, Mm. An analogy I use that simplifies it, and actually I had to come up with this this, this was a tool for myself to release me from being too analytical is a watch analogy. Most people just want to know what time it is. A few people want to know how the gears work. And what I started doing, because I had coaching telling me, stop talking about the gears. And I just didn't believe it. I'm like, I don't right. understand why people would want that. Why would they want, want to know what I want? And I heard someone else use that watch example. And so I started doing that in meetings. Like well, There was a specific year, 2018, where I intentionally tried to change. And I would ask people... I've been giving you the gears. Do you really want to know what just what time it is? They, Yes, finally. Yeah, keep all that to yourself. We've endured you talking about it. 
but we just want to hear what time it is. Am I going to be okay? Can I retire? Should we be doing anything different? So it was actually using that as a bit of a crutch myself, but uh, I I, uh, presented it in a way that it was for them to decide. But really, I needed to hear it probably more than them. Yeah, it's funny. There's a lot of conflicts between whether it's between spouses, between parents and kids, between business and customer. I mean, sometimes it's really just do you feel heard and understood and that even like regardless of a refund or regardless of, you know, you can retire this year. It's going to be 15 years for you. Sorry. Yes. Like um, they just want to be like, I, I'm, I'm on the same page with you and I hear you and I know what you want. And that's, you know, so that relational aspect is like so often the miscommunication communication between people. It's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes, if you if you know what you're talking about, people actually just want you to tell them what they need. Right. Definitely. Not in some manipulative way, but, you know, just, yeah, it, it could be, you know, uh, hey, I know a lot about shoes. So, you know, really, this shouldn't have this type of slip and heel. You should do with this. Like, OK, great. Yes. Take it to the counter. We're done. Mm-hmm. You know. So, yeah. If you were talking to your 20 year old self, you know, what what would you what would you say maybe that you didn't know then? I mean, we covered a couple of things, maybe, you know, but what's something maybe different looking back, either personal or relational or whatever? Mm-hmm. 20 year old self, I would have said, get it together. So if I could, <laughs> I was. Uh, I'm sure there's no other listeners out there that have that same opinion. Yeah, but tell no, us what it was like for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, 20, I was in college. So I wish I would have uh, uh, tried to have gotten more out of the academic and studies. And like one that I always kick myself on is I found like Oregon State would have sent me to another college for one term for the same cost. So I could have gone to San Diego State for one term for free. Right. I don't know why. Like, it just yeah. makes zero sense. Now, yeah. the tapestry of life, I don't regret it because maybe I wouldn't have met my wife at the exact same time. Mm. And sure. So it's not a regret to it, but if I'm right. allowed the point to go back, there, maybe that's a succinct answer. Should there have gone go. to San Diego or something. <laughs> the, there you go. If I could skip forward a few years at 25, when I was first starting into the business and everything, I would have thought, I would, have, I would tell that kid to not play the businessman, to just be yourself. Mm. I, I really played a character for a number of years of who I thought I was supposed to be mm. and lost a lot of the authentic voice. Some of that was lost in the numbers that we talked about earlier, too. Uh, but that would be the big part I'd go back to and continue to be yourself. It's okay to also be funny and to have humor. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So that. Yeah. Yeah, in, in your industry, not unlike um, mortgage or uh, maybe real estate uh or ministry, right? People are never really more exposed uh, than they are when they're rolling out all their finances or yes. their credit score or whatever. And so it's such a an opportunity both to to bring clarity and integrity and all those things to it, but also we get opportunities to speak into other areas of their life because they've been vulnerable about that. So I love that about your industry and, and a few of the others, that there's opportunity both to help them in some of the most significant things financially that impact them for their entire life. But it also often earns us a ride over time to speak into their life about other stuff, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. What uh, do you – are you a music guy? Do you listen to music? Do you play music? Uh, I love music. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have much ability in playing it. Picked <laughs> yeah, up the guitar I, and put yeah. it back down many times. Uh, I, I actually wrote uh, some rap songs back at that 20-year-old phase. There okay. you go. Uh, I, my wife's a musician. She plays okay. for a bluegrass group for a number of years now. Wow. So she, she carries that 
mantle, but then <laughs> I like music always being on. Yeah. So I, yeah. if it's a speaker at the house, in the car, if it's just that, I, I, I would love to be able to create a soundtrack to life. Mm-hmm. Like I would like, you know, when the sliding doors open, I want this song to play or this atmosphere has this kind of feel. And I, I'd love to be able to do that. I'd be like, I was the mixtape guy for sure. Okay. I was the one always yeah. giving everybody mixtapes and everything. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, that's the way our family ran and still does. I mean, we're empty nesters now, but, uh, you know, I think we talked about this maybe on a previous episode, but, uh, Alyssa, uh, as you know, we'd have Spotify or whatever, and at one point at the end of the year, it tells you, you know, I think she had ninety-two thousand. Yeah, it was like basically it averaged out to be about three and a half hours a day, on yeah. like Spotify yeah. alone. Which yeah, is awesome. Just crazy. And so I'm um, like you. I don't carry a whole lot of musical talent, but I expose them nonstop, whether we're cleaning the house or just you know whatever. We had different music playing and turned into to you know award-winning musicians, and I. I saw somebody had a T-shirt that said, uh, "A lot of people wish they could meet their their lifetime favorite musician." And I raised mine, and wow. so I think, yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. So I can say that about both my kids. They're way talented, and uh, and I'm fortunate to still be able to hear them play and stuff. So it's cool. That's um, awesome. Yeah, uh, this this summer on August 12th, I believe you should have your uh, wife reach out to us. We're putting on probably the largest music festival. Uh, have the whole waterfront, both stages. So from morning till night. And so we'll be looking for different uh, local and, and national bands to come in. So Let's make it if happen. she wanted to you know, get involved and, and get a spot in one of those times, tell her to reach out to us. So Heidi, yeah. contact him off of this. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think the form's even on our website yet. But, no, uh, yeah. It will be soon. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you got, Alyssa? Um, let's see. We talked um, to a lot of different people that we've had on the show about like, do you have a schedule or routine that you that you function off of? And some people um, have really strict routines that they stick to, like like clockwork. And then some people are like, you know, I just wake up, grab a cup of coffee, call it a day. That's my routine. What, what is uh, what's a routine that you have in your life? Yeah, uh, I, there's a lot more I'd love to have in it than probably sticks. So the actual routine is, uh, yeah, I usually try to wake up around six and then go to the gym in the mornings, and uh, then after that, kids take them to school. A recent addition to the routine is I take my oldest to drive her to mid-high, mm-hmm. and that's been really neat time for us to talk and bond during that time period. So that's a part of the routine. Uh, and then going into the evenings just can be total chaos with all the busyness <laughs> and family. Family's usually in s- asleep by nine, so then I'll try to read 10 pages of a book every night. Uh, I'd love to journal more. I used to, but I don't now. So mm. I'd like to, <clears throat> this is me putting myself accountable back. <laughs> there on, you go. Uh, you know, everyone hears this now. So yeah. uh, I'd like to add that part in. Um, yeah. and, and then outside of daily, another one that I, have found a lot of value in that may help is uh, both I'm fortunate both my parents are here in town and I scheduled a monthly lunch with each of them mm. Mm. so just adding that it's not a daily routine but otherwise when we see each other it's usually focused around the kids yeah. so this is just it's an hour with each of them at a time so just be able to hear my mom or hear my dad and they can ask me questions and so that and then off of that I've had like with some of my different mentors I'll meet with them once a month and um, yeah. so that's good. That's probably the best. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of people would define you as successful in, in business and marriage and, and those type of things, but some things that people don't understand, uh, and, and I would say the same thing for Alyssa, maybe people say the same thing about me, but we have people speaking into our lives. It takes multiple <laughs> mentors yes. for, for me to continue to grow. I'm a lifetime learner, and so, you know, none of us arrive, you know, at some perfect model of leadership, you know. So I have a great story off of that. Yeah. Uh, so 14 years, so 13 to 14 years ago in that first year, I had three different people in my life ask me to go to a midday men's prayer lunch. So a bunch of guys get uh, have lunch, talk about readings, talk about their prayer life, and three different people asked me within a week, and I asked them afterwards, I'm like, do you guys coordinate that? And they said no, they mm -hmm. hadn't talked about it. So I went to that group, though, and it was a group of, I'm doing air quotes, successful business people that were talking about the same kind of problems I was having, same kind of struggles. <laughs> yeah. And that really opened me up. I'm fortunate to really early age to go, yeah, I want some mentors in my life. And so I asked two of the people from that group, can I keep talking with you outside of this also? And I, two of those guys I still meet with every month for the mm -hmm. last 14 years. Yeah, that's cool. That's largely how Bauer started. You know, me and Sven and Buddy Puckett were getting together for coffee now for 20 years wow. every Wednesday yeah. and uh, you know out from that is we still have a, a Bible study slash men's group that meets every Wednesday at 830 and so yeah it's uh, it's very rewarding it's one of my favorite uh, meetings of the week yeah it's um, funny I look forward to the days when I can say I've been meeting with so-and-so for this this long because I've I mean, I'm yeah. fairly young, but I, I, my dream is when I'm old to have like a group of people we go get brunch on Saturdays you know yeah. you see all those older like seasoned people Eating breakfast together, I want to do that. I want I want a group like that. It's our table, you know. That's like a, right. At IHOP or whatever, that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. If you have a clear vision, it helps. Yes, that's <laughs> awesome. That is. That is. Um, on the uh, something you had touched on, um, we do something a little similar. So we're empty nesters now. Our kids are twenty three and twenty seven, but we still get together once a week actually to have a lunch or a dinner and. Uh, still go on vacations together they still love us enough to want to do that so <laughs> that's uh that's super rewarding you know i think uh when you touched on you said driving your, your daughter uh to school um there's coming a time for you that they get their license and that yes. precious 15 minutes or whatever that is now goes away and you have to be more purposeful about how to find that time another way and so yes. yeah i remember loving that and, and i think maybe your driver's license is one of the three biggest experiences in your life from, from a freedom perspective and, and all that stuff. So, yep. yeah. But uh, so to all your parents out there, if you're driving your kids back and forth to school, treasure it. You know, yes. it's, a, it's an uninterrupted time, you know, opportunity to, to connect. So, yeah, that's good. Um, what's one of the best lessons you've learned as a parent you know, over, the, over the years so far? <laughs> it's part of what we were just talking about is – just to go slow and just be present in their world. Mm. Uh, if it's they're interested in Pokemon or if it's uh, I just whatever they're into at that point, just uh, just uh, be with them and just yeah. spend that time and uh, not necessarily bring a bunch of lessons. is just to, to hear them out and um, just to see the beauty and what they're struggling through and growing with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's well, good. That, that's interesting. I mean, now that we have, you know, we just talked about how, you know, now we have internet and it's all on our phones, it's on our websites or whatever. You have the ability to look up what, let's say your kid's into Pokemon and you're like, I don't know what Pokemon is, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, 
you can Google it. Your kid's asleep at nine. You know, it's like, I'm not saying you, but like mm-hmm. parents, if, you're, if your kid's interested in something and you don't know what that is, we have this beautiful tool to help you learn that and be able to engage. And there's classes and like, you know, even in town we have stuff where it's like, if your kid's into video games, let me teach you what those video games are so you have something to connect with your kid about even if you're not good at those games. And so that's really important and I think it's something that a lot of parents don't do and I think it's encouraging that you do that for your kids and whatever they're into, you try to lean into that instead of having to try to pull them toward, you know, let's watch this complicated game on TV or, you know, it's cool. Yeah, that's the thing. The average parent spends, uh, I think, 48 seconds a day of uninterrupted time with their child, and it's mm. not enough. <laughs> no. I'm not a mathematician, but uh, yeah. And so I, I love what you said. I think that carving out time, and, and, and if, you're, if you're listening and you're having trouble connecting with your kid, my advice would be to move towards your child, not to expect them to move towards your hunting trip or your fishing trip or your cooking class or whatever that is, right? If you want to connect with your child, you move towards them and build a relationship, you know, which is what you just, what you described, you know? And so, uh, our organization does a lot of, of moving towards youth, right? And people have opinions about us having a live stage or a recording studio or that we're launching a esports ministry, you know, and, and, and so on. And wow. so they're like, oh, video games are the devil. Well, you know, uh, it's allowing us to build relationship with young people, you know. So it's uh, all that can be important if it's done well, right? So, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, uh, we're definitely going to have to have you on again. I sure appreciate you uh, coming today. And uh, if uh, people want to reach out, they, they've got some questions about budgeting or or finances or retirement and that how can how can they get in touch with you yeah you see you can just look me up scott weigel uh donathan sturd event but if you want to look me up on facebook or my personal emails weigel w-i-e-g-a-l-s at hotmail i'd rather connect that way and you can always move over to business talk if you want that too yeah yeah cool awesome. thanks All so much for being here thank you for joining us listen to our new podcast episodes air every saturday at 11 a.m on kslm Or you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring.